Delia. Nah, I'm Sam. And this is Discontent, a podcast about nothing and for no one. How was uh, everybody's week? Okay, well, so my week was fine. What, what happened? What what <laughs> what does the Cheesecake Factory betrayed me mean? All right. So yesterday, Sean and I had to make a run to the mall, um, which the mall is hell now. If you haven't been um, even. So we Wasn't have an outdoor always? mall. Well, it's it's even more hell now, but we have an outdoor mall in Columbus. And it's like it's like mostly fine because most of the, you know, walking isn't in like a shallow hallway it's in you know the outdoors but so we walked past the cheesecake factory and like you know there's a gajillion people there all trying to dive at the cheesecake factory and we were like this is terrible i hate it so then as we're like pulling out of the parking lot there's a man with a big dumpster full of cheesecake factory detritus walking you know walking to the dumpster and he is not looking where he's going and i'm like looking at this mine i'm like ooh, look at all this food waste from the cheesecake factory just like you know commentary on the cheesecake factory as you do <laughs> and then i'm like wow that man is is just is he's gonna he's gonna hit my car and then all of a sudden he just thunks right into my car with this giant dumpster full of trash oh my and he gosh. like just did it he like also like looked at me and like didn't look apologetic he just stared me down after he ran into my car with all of the cheesecake factory trash and i just i didn't know how to react i don't know how you like i didn't do anything was it a plastic dumpster or a metal yeah, dumpster it okay. was a plastic dumpster but well, like still you can at least a free <laughs> cheesecake out of that i was just like I mean, he just like didn't didn't look at me just just moved around afterwards and i was just like what what first of all what could i have done in this situation i, I realized it too late to say anything and I, I don't know it was just it was a very weird experience and Sean laughed about it for 40 minutes sustained, <laughs> basically, because he he couldn't get over the resounding thunk that the the trash can made against my my car. There's not much for you to do if you are in the driving area and he is going into the driving area. It is his job to not hit the driving Cars. people. Yeah. Yes. He just he did. The, the mound of food trash from the Cheesecake Factory was too high for him to see the car. But uh, <laughs> we went to the mall for like three things. So we, we just bought a new platform bed and we're getting a new mattress in uh, tomorrow or, or Tuesday. And so we want to get like under bed storage because we have a lot more space down there now. And so I was like, OK, let's go to the mall. We'll go to the, the Walmart that's there because Walmart's going to have cheaper stuff. We don't need nice stuff, obviously, to go under the bed. And like we'll do some Pokemon Go raids because Pokemon just released uh, Mega Pokemon. So it's like a, it's a nice thing to do. There's always raids at, at Easton, usually. And I was like, oh, and while we're at Walmart, I'll pick up this drink that I like that's only at Walmart. OK, so we get there. No raids. Absolutely zero raids whatsoever. Nothing to do. That Strike one. Pokemon canceled. Strike number two, we go into the Walmart. The Walmart's packed, obviously. Full of people. Horrible. Also hell. They're sold out of all of the storage they have in the entire store. There's nary a container in sight. Strike two. Oh, no. Strike three, we go to the drink aisle, and they're sold out of the drink that I want. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So this all combined with the Cheesecake Factory man hitting my car with his big mound of trash amounted to quite a low Saturday for Sam. Oh. <laughs> so then we went to Target later and I consoled myself by buying some Pokemon cards because apparently I play the Pokemon trading card game now. And that's that's <laughs> my weekend. 
God. I mean, I wouldn't, you couldn't pay me to go into a Walmart at this point. <laughs> it sounds horrible. I mean, it was, but I thought, I thought there was, I, I expected a silver lining and there, there was none. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that you had a rough time <laughs> with industries, various industries. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't done anything this week for real. Uh, Sheehan built his computer, which is what I'm using right now. And so apologies if my audio sounds crazy. We'll see how it sounds because <laughs> it, Audacity also keeps like resetting itself, but Fun. it's fine. I think it's fine. Hopefully you're not just going to hear this episode. It's going to be two people talking to a ghost. But <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, like there's all these rainbow LEDs in this computer. I hate this keyboard still. It's so ugly. It's uh, <laughs> this is the it's he bought the biggest monitor on earth that I'm looking at right now. It's like taller than I am. <laughs> I I don't like any of it. And this is the only thing that's happened. And also, I barely talked to him at all week because he's only been here playing games. So this is my life now. Amazing. I live alone. Computer Amazing. boy. Well, that's. I'm sorry you guys have had rough weeks. Uh, school, school. I mean, honestly, you've had the roughest week. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> school is happening. Yeah. And that's fine. So It's not. <laughs> You know, it's it's whatever, man. I mean, it, it it's it's nice to see kids, but it's also very stressful because almost everything that is in my instincts as a teacher mm -hmm. uh, are things that you shouldn't do in a pandemic environment. Like when a kid can't type the code to join your class on Schoology and he's done it four times and keeps doing it wrong. Oh, so your no. instinct is to just take the computer out of his hand and do it for him because, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. Which I did, and then later thought, Corey, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Same thing with, like, kids trying to do stuff on other devices or phones or whatever, and they're like, where do I go? And my normal instinct is to just touch the place where they have to go. Yeah. You can't do that. When they ask you a question and they're looking at a paper and you, like, bring your face down to their level, uh, you know, for, like, bonding and or being able to be heard, can't do that anymore. So it's just a lot of uh, checking yourself before you wreck yourself. Wreck yourself. Wreck yourself, <laughs> I mean, get a, get a deadly virus. So... That's my, I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> it was only a two-day school week with kids, but I'm tired. So, you know, it's fine. We're fine. Everything's pretty Everything's, bad. Everything's yeah. mostly bad, but that's fine. <laughs> so, and in the, uh, in the spirit of, you know, things coming to a head, things coming to a climax, things being terrible, and then eventually, hopefully, they'll be over, we're going to talk about some serious finales this week. We had talked about doing this a couple weeks ago, and it just required the prep that we didn't really have the time or the care to do, but we actually remembered to do some prep this week, so that's positive. So I guess we're just going to talk through the finales that we watched. All of us have seen all of these finales that we're going to talk about. It's just whether or not we've all recently watched them, but spoiler alert for all of them, because they're finales. So. Yeah, if you haven't seen these series, uh, don't... Listen, <laughs> I mean, if uh, if we really wanted to be good podcast hosts, we could like put time codes of when we're going to talk about certain shows once it's over. We're not going to do that. Sorry. No, it's too much effort. Hey, y'all. Editor Sean here to let you know that this episode 
does feature spoiler warnings and time codes to skip to. The host of Discontent gave me permission to edit them in, so keep your ears open for my dulcet tones if you're looking to skip a spoiler. Yeah, so just, if, if, you, hear a, if you hear us say a show name, skip forward like three to five minutes <laughs> if you're worried. <laughs> That's going to be our blanket statement. I mean, this has never been a spoiler-free show, so... That's true. It's true. It's true. Okay, well, do we want to start with the first one that we have on our list here? Because I know you both watched this recently. I have not, but it's still a good show. Yeah, I didn't... So the first one is on this list is New Girl, and I haven't actually rewatched the finale. I've just been rewatching the show, and I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, you're not done with it yet? Okay. But right. I will say, I, I don't even remember the series finale because the whole last season was I think unnecessary. So I didn't actually rewatch this, but I went and like went to go look at the episodes on, on Wikipedia and I was like looking at the seventh season and I was like, Hmm, this is not what I remember at all. <laughs> at this point, spoilers for new girl, skip ahead to 16 minutes, 28 seconds for the next finale. Well, so they they did a time jump before like between season 6 and 7, right? Yeah. And I fully forgot the time jump season. I thought that the series ended with the season 6 finale, which is like 5 stars for Bezos is what it's called, I think. And Is that the uh, one where they go to Mexico? Uh no, it's no. the one where Fred Willard is their cab driver, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that one either. My, my, like, for me, the spiritual finale of that show was Cece and Schmidt's wedding, which was, I think, the end of season five. And that was just like a good arc because I, I get, I've gotten really tired just rewatching once again of the, you know, Jess and Nick. Yeah. Will they, won't they again and again. It's yeah. very exhausting. And frankly, the like the Cece and Schmidt relationship arc is much more like satisfying. Yes. Yeah. And so like when they get married, it's very good. And also they had like a good soundtrack for that whole that whole end, which I enjoy. And my argument, again, is that a good finale hinges on a good soundtrack. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. That's also why the season four finale was a really good finale. That's the one where Coach leaves, and that's also the one where Schmidt and Cece get together and he proposes, and that's that's just a good episode. Well, and so many, like, so especially shows, like, I don't actually know if New Girl was this way, but I assume that it was because it was on Fox, but, like, so many shows that are constantly like, we don't know if we're coming back next year, Yeah, have, like, are forced into kind of making season finales satisfying series finales in like various ways which can then make the ultimate series finale kind of like a letdown just because they've had so many this is the end question mark and then it's not kind of thing yeah but that's par for the course i guess with the way that shows are because unless you're big bang theory you're not going to get more than a year at a time god. um guaranteed so <laughs> god i did appreciate the flash forward to the kids and stuff though i i love stuff like that just knowing where what happens next to getting like a glimpse of the future. Um, I hate that. <laughs> it's, that's like my least favorite trope. So Delia, this says, don't let, don't let us forget to mention your favorite bit oh, from the entire my show. Fa my favorite bit from the entire show. Speaking of that Mexico episode, Corey, that's like an early, I think that's like a season two finale. Oh, really? Yeah. When, uh, that's when Nick and Jess like run off to Mexico, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That That's like when they first get together. I need to rewatch the show. It's been so long. But my favorite bit from that show is Winston finding out he's colorblind 
and, <laughs> and, and Schmidt going, Winston, if you think your shoes are green, what color do you think you are? That's my favorite <laughs> line from the entire show. It's, it's the best thing that's ever happened on TV. I mean, I love Winston's character so much, yes. mm-hmm. but I, I cannot take Lamar Morn seriously anymore <laughs> as, a, no. as an actor. Like, he's in this new Hulu show that, like, looks yeah. interesting, and it's about, like, race, and it's about, like, you know, like, him coming to terms with, like, what it means to be a black person, and I'm just like, it's just gonna be a mess around, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, it's just a Winston mess around. It's just yeah, gonna be I a mess around. The Winston character arc is so good because like he was introduced as like you know the sporty guy right like to replace coach to be like the black sporty guy he was a basketball (laughs) player and then immediately he became so weird yeah yeah i I mean he was like the first couple episodes he was like a player and like you know, trying to yeah. be cool, and then immediately he becomes some child's nanny and goes and does <laughs> weird shit. Yeah, he immediately becomes someone who is colorblind, who wears <laughs> bird shirts, who's obsessed with his cat. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's so much. Pulls horrible pranks. Can't pull pranks. Can't pull pranks. <laughs> One of the episodes I just watched was the... I'm in season five, so that's one where Cece and Schmidt are, like, planning their wedding, and I just got to the episode where they're, like, trying to impress her mom, who doesn't approve, you know? And at the end of that episode, where she's, like, walking out to leave, and Winston's like, check your shoe, and there's a feather in her shoe. (laughs) And he just says, feather foot, and that's the end of the episode, and I'm like, God. Well, yeah, like, so the actual finale of New Girl is them, like, moving out of the loft, but the ultimate, like, reveal is that Winston lied to them and they weren't being evicted and they moved out for no reason. <laughs> but then they just choose to move out anyway. I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. It's yeah, it's a lot. I love Winston's character very much. I like Coach just fine, but yeah. but Winston is just too good Winston, a character. Winston, the, Winston is the best character. Again, New Girl, like New Girl holds up for me as like sitcom Mm-hmm. like found family trope mostly because it even though a lot of it is about like romance and like dating and stuff like it it doesn't lean into those tropes it mostly leans into just how really fucking weird these people are they're <laughs> so yeah, fucking everybody, weird everybody's trying to find love including stone cold weirdos yep. <laughs> and well, as we discussed already new girl is the only good josh gad appearance in history yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'll never do anything good ever again <laughs> Yeah, I every time he shows up as Bear Claw, which I forget that he shows up for more than one episode, <laughs> yeah. I'm delighted when he does show up twice. Is it's so good, and I always forget that it's Josh Gad because you know Josh Gad has done things since then that I don't approve of and refuse to interact <laughs> with. But him as Bear Claw is a very, very, very good character. His delivery yes. of Bear Claw's lines is so yeah. So incredibly good and off-putting. It's the only good Josh Gad performance. He did. He got it in one and should have just quit. <laughs> well, anything else we want to say about New Girl, the finale in general? I mean, soundtrack-wise, Greenlight being used 
in a great way. Was that okay? So, question: Was that the season six finale or the that season was, seven that, finale? Yes, that was no the idea. five stars for Beezus episode where okay. they go into the ele- elevator right. and okay. then it ends and then they come out and they're kissing from the elevator, okay. which is where I thought the series ended and I thought there was a flash forward after that and then I I totally blocked the last season from my mind. Right? Yeah, yeah. The the song that plays during Cece and Schmidt's uh, wedding, by the way, is the song "Still" by Cena Bose, which is one of my favorite songs still. <laughs> uh, for, like to this day is a song that I listen to like all the time it's just a very very good song do we want to go ahead and move on to our next finale sure okay we, I, we've all seen the office finale multiple multiple times right yeah so correct many 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 times I did rewatch it yesterday do you have any new insights or old insights that you'd like to share um at this point spoilers for the office begin skip ahead to 20 minutes 34 seconds for the next finale. My favorite quote from that episode is when Dwight asked the stripper in the restaurant about <laughs> your heartiest soups. That's my favorite, <laughs> that's my favorite quote. <laughs> uh, the most unrealistic part of the the office finale is that anyone would leave Send Hill Rima Murthy for BJ Novak. Sorry, yeah. BJ Novak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just... Uh, Mindy and Ryan are such terrible, terrible people. Yeah. They deserve each other. Kelly and Ryan. <laughs> Mindy, actually. And I did just say Mindy. But, like, I do really adore them in the finale because they're such terrible people. And the his, like, parting line, his last line, when he's like, I finally master commitment as they run away from the wedding yes. and his child. Yes. <laughs> it's very good. I mean, like I said, the office finale is goat level shit. Like, it's just yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's very tropey. It's very yeah. indulgent. It, like, gives the appropriate amount of, like, time and space for every character to, like, give mm-hmm. them a send-off. And that's... That's all it needed to be, and that's yeah. what it was. They they worked the like um, press conference about the documentary in very well to like wrap up stories that didn't really have room to do anything else with, yeah. like the stuff with uh, Aaron, oh no, and Aaron's parents, parents, yeah. yeah. Um, that there was no other way for that to be resolved. There was really no other way for Aaron to progress as a character without them doing that. But they just like figured it out, and it just. It gives everybody a good send off, except for really Andy, because Andy's character <laughs> I mean, was I horrendously mean, assassinated. <laughs> Andy, Andy got a job at Cornell. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, had a fine. good. He had a. He got a good little monologue at the end. That's all he needed. Oh, I can't so just sit here and cry. <laughs> That's what what a series finale needs to have. Everybody needs. Every important character needs to have a moment where you see that they end up somewhere that makes sense and is good for them, and. Like, that's all. That's all you need. Yeah. And it's hard in shows like that where there are so many main characters that you care about. But, like, they did a good job of showing all of that. And yeah. even, you know, and, like, the another good thing for series finales is bringing back people that were important throughout. Like, if that finale hadn't had Steve Carell, it would have felt hollow. Like, you yeah. need to acknowledge all of the people that, like, got the show to where it was. So... That's one of the, the things I think that makes it so good is they make sure to kind of include everybody that they can. Yeah. And should. And yes, yeah, Sam, I also remember everybody watching the finale together on the couch that I'm currently sitting on. Well, one yeah. of the two. It's the same couches. <laughs> I have a very I have a sense memory of that night. Yeah, I remember mostly 
I can't believe how long ago The Office happened because I do remember that we were in middle school, Corey, when, mm-hmm. when it like, started. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, when it started. And I remember one day we were in choir and we just kept quoting the uh, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica <laughs> at one another until our choir director got mad. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I but remember that's funny. that. Yeah, I, I have a friend on facebook who is just now watching the office for the first time which is like the, the wildest concept to me yeah and she tweeted she tweeted something or she posted something the other day like who what who's the best character in the office and why is it dwight and i was like what is this take <laughs> <laughs> like i mean i like dwight but she's on like season two and i, I just don't understand people who didn't grow up with the office are, are alien to me <laughs> i can't i can't imagine watching like the office now no, yeah. because I don't think it would hold up. At, right. Because like, I, it honestly, when I rewatch great. a bunch of it now, it's like, oh, it makes me cringe even more than it did at the time, yeah. just because of how time has progressed. Like, yeah, I don't, there's, there's, I don't know there's that the intentional. There's the intentional yeah. cringe that was already there, and now there's and then, unintentional cringe because yeah. time has passed. Yes. Yeah. But like the reason it feels like I still enjoy it is because it feels like a warm blanket that I've watched. Yeah, like, it's nostalgic. Yeah. It's, the, for me, it's like Friends is the same way. Like I don't understand all these like Gen Z kids who are watching Friends for the first time and really into it because I can't like watching that show now is like, oh, my God, it's <laughs> it, it's unbearable. Like I, I love I love Friends and I have a lot of fond memories of it from childhood because I was a literal child when I watched it. But right. I could not watch that now in 2020 that's why sean's so baffled by your love of friends because he tried to watch it the first time in college and it's just no. not you can't you, ha- you have to watch it for the first time when you are a child like yeah. reruns on tv which is what i did or at least while while it's like the early 2000s while the, yeah. those values still align yeah. you have to live paper snow a ghost in, in yeah. your youth <laughs> paper snow a ghost that's my favorite friends bit yes that that and ichiban lipstick for men those are my two favorites <laughs> yeah i say paper snow a ghost to myself all the time uh-huh. basically anytime i'm like i think every time i think about the color white I yes paper snow a ghost to myself so yes. delia I, I assume you haven't watched it in a long time, but did you feel like the Friends finale was satisfying? When oh, the it Friends happened? finale is great. I mm-hmm. I cry every time I rewatch the Friends finale, mostly because I watched it. I watched it live, and I was literally like in the in elementary school at the time, and I felt like. I felt like I was part of the zeitgeist for like the first time because I went to school the next day and everyone was talking about it. And I was like, I understand those references and I can participate. At this point, spoilers for Friends begins. Skip ahead to 23 minutes, 45 seconds for the next finale. So how does that one end? I know they're the Rachel on the plane part. Yeah, it's the Rachel on the plane and then they... Uh, Monica and Chandler, Chandler have their surrogate children. Twins, and they, right? Yeah, they move out of... And they, Anna yeah, Ferris, they move out. Anna Ferris has their babies. Yeah. Um, right. They move out. And is it Joey and Phoebe move in Do- together? Or is that, a, is that a thing? No, no, Joey goes to LA and starts Joey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we've talked about on this podcast before. Oh, which yeah. Is crazy. Paul Rudd is there. Paul Rudd is... I forgot that Paul yeah, Rudd is Paul there. Paul Rudd is there. and Phoebe are married. Paul Rudd is a, is a pivotal part of the last <laughs> season of Friends, which is very good for me. I've heard yes. him talk about in interviews how he was, like, around for that final season and everybody was like, so, you know sad and like oh i'm gonna miss you all so much and then he, <laughs> he like, was also just like there, there. <laughs> yeah he was just like there <laughs> uh, 
Speaking of finales that take literal, like, very delineated time to acknowledge all of their characters individually. Oh, yeah. The Parks and Rec finale is so freaking good. Like, mm-hmm. it's it, it's exactly, like, it, any, honestly, any good finale is gonna be kind of fan service-y. I yeah, feel I like. mean, that's the point of a finale. Like, right, it's to celebrate the show. Especially a Mike Schur finale, where, yeah. like, all of his shows are about found family and relationships and, like, making sure that everyone, like, gets their happy ending. Yeah, which is what you want. I mean, honestly, like... Yeah, like, in a, in a half-hour <laughs> sitcom, that's what I want. I don't want anything dramatic or weird to happen. Yeah. And, like, that's why... I can't think of any shows that right now that that have this, but like shows that are uncertain about their future, but still end on like a cliffhanger or like a dark note. I don't understand that because it's uh, last man on earth did that because they were really hoping they'd get picked up. And so it had to, and because they literally got like almost canceled every single season. So they were finally, they were just like, well, I guess we're not going to have a series finale for a finale. We're just going to have a season finale and hope that it's not the series finale. And then it was. (laughs) I feel so bad for them because it was such a weird place to end. I mean, that sucks because that's like a surefire way for me to never watch it. Because if I know it's a cliffhanger finale, if I know there's no resolution, I'm never going to watch it. Like, for sure. Yeah, I mean, because it's just, it's such a... Slap in the face is kind of the word, but like, yeah, but like also like it just I don't know. It just invalidates the whole experience of watching it in in my eyes. And like this is this is me speaking as someone who also enjoys a lot of like fanon and headcanons. But I still like want the actual product to have its intended ending. Yes, the product needs to be like a full story. Otherwise, it's like, why would I even start this? Yeah. Why would I get into this when I know there's no payoff? Right. At this point, spoilers for Parks and Rec begin. Skip ahead to 29 minutes, 49 seconds for the next finale. The, the flash forward stuff for all, of, for all of the Parks and Rec characters is great. The fact that they include some like secondary characters along with the main characters in that, like, I love that we got to see the Jean Ralphio stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> just Jean Ralphio's. Yes, it's all it's all good. I I have no I have no notes about the parks finale. I think it's so good. Yeah, I mean, there's just the the Teddy Roosevelt at the end. The quote by Teddy Roosevelt that Leslie says makes me cry every time. Mm-hmm. And I I do think that overall Parks and Rec is like a better workplace comedy because the like workplace that they're in has a soul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's not a paper company. It's yeah, public it's not, service. <laughs> yeah, it's not just capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah, that's the only thing about like the office finale which I like and I cry at the end every time, but the fact that it lean that show in general leans so hard into like the workplace has to be like you have to be friends with your coworkers and stuff, and I just I'm like oh the weight of capitalism on me I hate that because yeah. I yeah. don't I don't ever want to be friends with my coworkers please never be in a <laughs> let me be in a position where I'm friends with my coworkers I don't want that well I do think one issue with the office on that point too is that I definitely like tries to cross that line multiple times because like in the beginning of the series it's like a joke that michael thinks that everyone is family and should be you know best friends with each other but then by the end like everyone is best friends with each other and etc 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 so it definitely is a little bit of like a boundary spanner where it kind of like tries to have both ways yeah yeah and so there's something about like the relationships in each of those shows that are slightly different than each other especially i guess with like 
the way that especially like Jim and Dwight's relationship evolved. But, you know, the the relationships in the office were a little bit more like cold and a little bit more shallow for a lot of it between a lot of the characters, whereas the Parks ones were already warmer and more emotional from the beginning just because of Leslie being the the person that she was. Yeah, I mean, the the difference in, like, Leslie being Leslie versus, you know... Michael being Michael. (laughs) Michael being Michael. Leslie's a little bit cringy, but in a much better way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's in a warmer way. Yeah. Yeah. But so on the Parks and Rec, it's like final season in general. Um, this is another one that I have a very specific memory of watching. Like I, I it was in college for me. Um, and I remember like sitting in the basement watching it on like NBC.com or whatever when I was like faking having a cable prescri- uh, subscription. And the episode in that season that gets me more, even more than the finale, like in terms of the amount that I cry is the Leslie and Ron episode. Yeah. And I can't I can't handle watching that episode without like completely bawling. And it's just because I love Ron so much as a character. And when mm-hmm. he, like, loses his sense of identity and, like, has that, you know, depressive, sp- like, span where he's, like, happy in his, his home life but utterly unfulfilled in his professional life, like, I feel that very intensely. Yeah. And that just gets me every time. And I, I love Ron and I, I wish him the best as a fictional character. <laughs> it was very much a gamble for them for that last season to kind of pull Leslie and Ron apart and have them at, at odds with when their relationship was so central yeah. to the show for so long. But, I mean, it gave us that episode, so I think it was made worth it in the end. Yeah, I think they, they definitely resolved that storyline masterfully. And that the fact that they, you know, all of their friends locked them in a, a room for a night and basically made them uh, make up is, is very good. I like yeah, that that's, a lot. That's, that's a good trope. I love that yeah. trope. <laughs> yep, me too. Anything else with Parks? It's a great finale. We love it. That, that's all. Continuing yeah, on the Mike Schur train. Yeah, con- continuing on the Mike Schur train. Yeah, um, I mostly only rewatched Mike Schur finales. So <laughs> I mean, it's they're the best ones. Like, I it's, sorry, sorry to other men, Mike Schur is the best <laughs> one. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of Mike Schur being a very good writer, but also like generally getting to end his shows on his terms. Like that's yeah, the too. Like he has the trust of the NBC network where they let him do what he wants to do. And that's why it works. (laughs) Well, and that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. The shows that that make the decision to end as opposed to the ones that like end because they have to or end because they don't have a choice, which both of these next two are fall into that camp of like, we are going to be done after like I when we started the show, we figured out where it's going to end and that's where it's going to end. And you can't convince us otherwise. And honestly, that makes for such a great, like, opportunity to just craft an arc that is actually timed out well and makes sense. That's what storytelling is when you (laughs) remove it from the bounds of, like, capitalism, you know? (laughs) Like, when you don't, when you aren't beholden to, like, a bunch of stakeholders to tell a story when you can just tell it and you don't have to be like oh well my paycheck depends on you know writing another season and like drawing this out for another year well and it's also such a uniquely television thing too like Mm -hmm. i guess movies to some degree but like people write books with the 
the ending in mind. Right. They don't necessarily yeah. like just write series how, and series and series. Right. It's how stories are meant to be told. Yeah. Like there's a beginning and an end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but television has been so corrupted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is why, you know, The Good Place being a show about morals and ethics, if it had, uh, you know, compromised itself to make more money, would have really cheapened the entire enterprise. So I'm glad that they stuck to their guns and um, yeah. ended the way they wanted to end. Continuing that show, it also just been so weird. Like it would have. Yeah felt yeah. unsatisfying if they had continued it more so than where they ended it. Yeah, right. I mean, just because the, the like, specific context of that show, it, like, it needed an ending and it needed to, like, have a very deliberate ending. Yeah. Like, there's no way to draw that out without, you know, going back on its, like, primary thesis, basically. At this point, spoilers for The Good Place begin. Skip ahead to 40 minutes, 11 seconds for the next finale. Right, yeah. I mean, I know at the beginning, like, when we were watching season one and starting season two, Sean's fear was that they were going to, like, basically do a mind wipe every season and have it go yeah. on forever where they were, like, continuing to figure out they were in the bad place. And I was like, no, oh, sorry, that's oh, once that upon a time. Yeah, so Mike's sure smarter than that, at least. <laughs> so uh, speaking of soundtrack, they so this track Spiegel M. Spiegel, which I don't actually remember what the other translation of it is, but the song that's at the end of the like when Chidi and Eleanor are talking like that whole time mm -hmm. is used in a couple of other things in media throughout. And it's just such a frickin like just like sniper to me crying just like a sniper <laughs> shot to me getting overly emotional just like the first two notes of that song it's ridiculous <laughs> and uh mike sure was on he did a he they did that good place podcast um with mark uh, mark evan jackson and he was talking about how as he was writing the finale he literally listened to it on repeat like yeah. over mm -hmm. and over and over again it Having a having something musical that kind of really encapsulates the emotion that you're going for in the finale and like brings brings out that catharsis is is vital to making the finale mm -hmm. satisfying. The Buddhism quote that Chidi talks about with like, you know, death yeah. being like the wave returning to the ocean or whatever, along with that in the background, along with Kristen Bell just tearing up, staring into this beautiful scene, like sunset scene, is just an emotional gut punch. And I love it. And it's so sad. Yeah, I just find that, I mean, I personally really found that uh, finale to just be very, like, satisfying, personally. Mm -hmm. Like, I... Yeah. I adore how, like, I I love how long it is. I love how mm -hmm. indulgent it is. I mm -hmm. love that it's kind of morbid and existential. Yeah, um, that's the show. Yeah, that's, that. it really works for me. I do, I have seen some people reacting to the finale, like, very badly. And I also do understand that because, on the other hand, it it does toe this line of being, of, like, suicidal ideation which yeah. i totally understand as someone who has had a lot of suicidal ideation in their life like i totally understand how that can be dangerous to watch and again that's just that's just something that we, sh we should have like detailed content warnings on everything that's yeah. just in life yeah. because i do think if you walked into that finale and those themes didn't like you weren't expecting it you know mm -hmm. 
I do think someone walking to what is essentially death is uh, kind of dangerous for some yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, the idea that it's it's happening willingly as well. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and that's the. I mean, the other thing is like the the framing of it literally being like they've lived who even knows how long of a time in this afterlife too. Like the all of the time jumps through like however many, you know, quote unquote baramies, it's like how 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 many how much of an afterlife, how many lives did they live in their afterlife before they decided to make that decision? So I I definitely get how it could be a trigger warning kind of ne- necessary thing, but I also felt like they did a decent job of like showing that they had like they weren't wasting their they they weren't wasting their opportunity to take their time to do the things that they wanted to do like Tahani's giant list of things that she tries to get done um they talk about like oh yeah every time we get together with all these people every time we see your parents like they've you know spent all of this time like kind of ticking things off of their bucket lists and doing doing everything that they wanted to do in this afterlife that they didn't know that they would have but i definitely understand the you know how Without that, it it on its own is not a great um, thing to experience. Yeah, I think if you're someone who already has a lot of anxiety about death, it's a hard one to yeah. deal yeah. with. Um, as someone who does not really, um, and who thinks about death a lot, but a lot in like a morbid way, it's very satisfying because it mostly just aligns with my own like philosophies about death and stuff. So like, yeah. I find it very satisfying. The part that gets me in this one, and like, I mean, I do like it as a finale. I think it's very satisfying. But the part that sort of like fucks me up emotionally that I don't like to to really confront is the part where Chidi is getting ready to to pass on, and Eleanor Eleanor has all of her fears about being abandoned. Like that's a yeah. big thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I remember Sean and I were watching this together, and I was like deeply, deeply crying at that part. And I looked over at him, and he was like, "Why are you looking at me? Like I'm abandoning you?" And I was like. <laughs> Well, you might. You never know. So, so, like, that part of it really got my, like, specific anxieties going. Well, and again, like, just the the ending of every arc makes so much sense. Like, Tahani, who, you know, in her in her life on Earth, didn't ever seem to find what she, what, what satisfied her or, like, doing anything that made her feel good enough. She ends up being able to, you know, try for this job that she, that no other human has ever done. And Eleanor getting to the point where she is able to let Chidi go because she knows that it's for the best and she will, you know, still have the memories and all of that kind of stuff. And Chidi making, like, when Chidi walks with Janet to the door and she's like, you can go in whenever you're ready. And he just goes, I'm ready. And then just starts walking. Like, the decisiveness of that. Yeah, I mean, I do think Chidi's arc for me is definitely my favorite. Like, I just think it, it's so beautifully done and William Harper Jackson is so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I I just love Chidi's whole arc. The fact that he gets to make that decision and he gets to go in, like, peace. It's mm-hmm. so, it's so good. Jason basically becoming a monk. <laughs> a monk <laughs> On accident. <laughs> On accident because he lost a ring or whatever. <laughs> That's also great. The fact that the enti- that Michael gets to go back and be a human. Yes, secondarily so gets to get, Ted Danson gets to be with his wife and learn guitar. <laughs> and thirdly, that the last line of the show is fucking take it sleazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 
this beautiful show that's so emotional and like talking about death and existence and being kind to one another and then it ends on take it sleazy is just very good perfect chef's kiss like ridiculous uh, side note about the the good place that I when I was reading about the finale on um, Wikipedia, did you guys know that uh, Nick Offerman was originally yeah. uh, selected as the character for Sean, but he turned it down because yeah. that would have been a very different show for me. Yes. I don't know how I would have <laughs> how yeah, I would have watched that. I like that he was just in it to build a chair as himself. Yeah, yeah. that was fine. If he had been Sean, it would have been very hard for me. Yeah, no, we need we need Mark Evan Jackson in the in those secondary serious roles, please. Yeah, yeah. always. Um, okay, anything else about the Good Place? I don't think so. If you ever need a good cry, just watch the Good Place finale. Speaking of shows that ended on their own terms, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was literally pitched as a four-season arc when the CW picked it up, so they knew the second that they picked it up that it was going to be over after four seasons. And, it, they again, it just does a good job of kind of, like, the show is so much about Rebecca and her, like, various guys that she's, you know, thinking about, wondering about, trying to sort out her feelings about. At this point, spoilers for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend begins. Skip to 43 minutes, 10 seconds for the next finale. And again, it's not necessarily satisfying in like a romantic way at the end, but it's kind of beautiful to have her, you know, discover finally that relationships are not the thing that's going to satisfy her. And that songwriting Mm -hmm. is after having seen so many, you know seen her go through so much to get to that point and it took till the literal finale for her to be like I'm gonna be by myself for a bit and Mm -hmm. do what makes me happy my one critique is that I wish there had been more than one song there's only one song in the finale (laughs) yeah it's the tiktok or the clock one right yeah and it's a fine song but like the only the only part of it that I really love is the West Covina reprise at the very Mm -hmm. end of it because West Covina is the best song in the series and it's the first one so (laughs) yeah I feel yeah, I love I love the finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I mean, I'm, it's f- pretty clear to me that they s- were able to write the finale they always intended, despite how many times they kind of had to course correct throughout the series because of yeah. like various CW bullshit, like right. making, you know, c- causing actors to kind of back out and, and the, the contracting stuff. Like, I, I think it's I, I think it's pretty clear that they were still able to do what they intended. And I like that. Um, I love the finale. I I have a so I love season one and season three and season four of <laughs> Crazy Ex Girlfriend. I really don't like season two, which is the 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 rub for me. Um, but as a whole, it's still one of my favorite TV shows. Like I watched the first season and then immediately rewatched the first season within like two weeks of each other, just because of I how much too. I loved it. Yeah. No, so. Yeah, I think it's a very satisfying ending for pretty much all of the characters. And I'm glad that of all of the the romances that they did leave kind of ambiguous, the one that they definitively said she will not end up with is Josh Chan, because that's a good, healthy decision for both of them. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still I still haven't watched basically any of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or retained any of it, so uh, I have nothing crazy. to contribute. I was going to say, I know that I made you watch a couple back when I was first watching the first yeah, season. Yeah, and I just, but... I did not get into it. Yeah. Well, you made, we were, it was all of us at Delia's apartment and I was there too. And I was like, I'm going to watch all of this now. <laughs> so yeah, you got one I was of us like, at least. I immediately <laughs> forgot this. Josh Chan is a himbo, by the way. Yeah, we, we name dropped that, I think, in <laughs> the episode. 
Good. I also watched the 30 Rock finale. I actually watched the final two episodes of 30 Rock because I think that they aired back to back. I can't remember. But um, so. it's, it's, I guess just because 30 Rock isn't very emotional at all, it's really not emotional at all. No, 30 Rock isn't an emotional show. Yeah. It's... It's just a very silly, very cynical show, right. which I, which is why I love it. I love 30 Rock. Yeah. 30 Rock is one of my favorite shows because it's a bunch of dirtbags. Right. Well, and just like, <laughs> again, in just in the, the scope of a finale, like it, um, it doesn't really feel like much of a finale. It just feels like the end of the season or the end of a, you know, it, it feels like an end, but not really like a finale. It's not like a celebratory finale. Like, you know, again, it's not that self-indulgent kind of. Yeah, which I guess is, I mean, is again, it is the, that is more of the show's vibe is to just kind of, you know, take things as they come. But it was just, you know, especially after having watched some of the some of the finales that I had watched this week, it was just a little bit jarring the difference in tone and the difference in like how it just kind of came and went. I mean, I don't know if this is a controversial take or not, but I definitely think 30 Rock got worse as it got on. Like, I think the first, like, four yeah. seasons are probably the strongest by far. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe even the first three. I don't remember how many seasons it has. But, like, that's... I, I remember watching the 30 Rock finale and, and also not feeling that emotional resonance. But, like, I hadn't I hadn't been all that invested in the this, this season or the series for, like, a year or two up to that point. Yeah, I mean, it's um, not really a series that you get, like, super emotionally invested in. No, like, but like I, again, it's about it's about a bunch of dirtbags and they do stupid shit, and it's mostly just like an episode of the week kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like I mean, there was a period of time where I would watch it like every week as it would air, and I think for the last two or like two seasons, I would like just binge them when they were all done, basically, because yeah. I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I think live every week until wait, did actually, or did I watch it all on Netflix when it was over? I can't remember, but. Yeah, I mean, again, I, it's a it's a good show. I appreciate it. The jokes are all good. It was just like again, not the not the emotionally resonant finale that I that I personally tend to have a bias toward. But Community, another giant big weirdo show with a bunch of bad people. <laughs> the last two episodes of that show does like make attempts at that kind of emotional closure. Okay, so for me, who's never really seen the final season, can you kind of elaborate on on what they do yes. in the finale? At this point, spoilers for Community begins. Skip to 49 minutes, 15 seconds for the next finale. So in the ultimate final episode, basically it's, you know, the end of a school year and things are starting to happen where people are going to go elsewhere and maybe not come back. It's revealed that Annie is going to go continue schooling to go be in the CIA. Okay. Uh, Abed, <laughs> okay. Abed is moving to LA to like be a PA on a TV show. There's a couple other like things like that where like people are, you know, they're likely not coming back for the fall is basically what it is. And they keep having people say like, will you be back? And they'll be like, oh, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Like that kind of thing where it's like not really definitive, but it seems like it's going to be the end. So there's a whole a whole thing of like Jeff feeling like, oh, no, I'm teaching here at Greendale. No one's going to be here anymore. It's just going to be me by myself with like a recycling stable of other classmates that always leave like that kind of spiral. Then they they basically frame the oh, we're not you know, we're not going to get to see each other anymore as much kind of thing through the lens of 
you know, joking about what would season seven look like of, you know, uh, us as a group, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. Abed thing of what would season seven look like, even though it's actually, I think Jeff who brings it up, but in that they take a, a good, they take a lot of time to give themselves the treatment that they gave to so many other media properties, like, you know, making fun of the formula of the show and the character traits of all of the characters within all of those, like the, the, these, like, it's basically the, the community entered like the, the theme song. And then like a two minute Mm -hmm. scene over and over and over again from each character's perspective of like what season seven should look like. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of like, you know, the, the kind of meta analysis of boiling it down to this. Well, that's it. That's the show from every character's perspective. And it, it's it's cool and it's it's weird and it's just it's very community. It's very community. Yeah. And then at the very end, it turns out that there's a, a community board game that they like have an advertisement for. And the final thing that you hear is just Dan Harmon babbling as the person like doing the terms and conditions for the board game, like spiraling into existential crisis. And it's super weird and very community. Yeah, it was fine. I honestly forgot about it immediately upon watching it. Yeah. I didn't remember much of it at all until I rewatched it. But I I don't really think that that show needed a fifth season. Like it should have been like, College is four years. It should have been four years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the shows that, like, probably should have mapped out the arc mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and had the the intended ending. I, I don't know if Dan Harmon had it, but. Yeah, because, like, when Jeff graduated, when Jeff graduated, that should have been, like, the end of it. Because that was the start of it. So that was, should have been the end of it. Yeah. Like, you, you need to have a start and an end. <laughs> Speaking of other finales that happened later than they should have yes i've probably i think i've already talked about this on the podcast so i'm not going to talk about it for very long but uh the agents of shield finale happened like three weeks ago oh and <laughs> the wild thing was they basically packed the the emotionally resonant end of the series finale stuff into literally the last 15 minutes of a two-hour finale at this point, spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. begins. Skip to 51 minutes and one second for the next finale. Oh, the gosh. first hour and 45 minutes of the two-hour finale was resolving the arc of season seven. Not anything That's about okay. ending the show. Like, and the the entire plot of this season was like, shoot everything to hell. So... It was very (laughs) Bo Burnham. Like, I literally tweeted the Bo Burnham gif of, like, what are you going to do to bring this show out of this weird, dark hole you've put it in? Like, that's (laughs) literally where I was at mentally the week before the finale. And they spent an hour and 45 minutes to get there. But they did bring it to a place where it's like, okay, that's resolved, I guess. And then they spent 15 whole minutes resolving a seven-year show with, like, ten main characters. And... (sighs) So sounds very exhausting. It was, it was just rushed. So, yeah, I'm very glad I bailed like, on it that gives, show. It gives you basically a nice ending for each character, but it's rushed and compacted. And like the whole journey to get to that point was so stressful and like obnoxious in so many ways that like, it's nice that it's like at the end, but it's also like, oh, dear God, finally it's over, you know? Which is also how I felt about <laughs> Once Upon a Time, to be honest. They ended it really well, but the ride was so long to get there that I was like, thank God, it's over now. 
Yeah, I liked, uh, for both of those series, crafting my own finale, which was I finished a season and said, I'm done now. This is over. (laughs) (laughs) This is over in my mind. (laughs) I've talked at length about the How I Met Your Mother finale, so that's another one that, you know, just needs to be rewritten. That's also one I have a sense memory of watching, and it's it's worse than the other two finales I distinctly remember watching. (laughs) I mean, moral of the story, the shows that you care about the most are the ones that you want the finales to be really good and when they're not it just you know it hurts bums you out yeah you want to end on a good note but yeah i mean at least for most of the shows that have terrible finales i bail on them in the middle so i don't have to worry about it i also never finished teen wolf and i will never know how teen wolf ended and i'm fine with that yeah same sometimes i see like a cryptic tumblr post referencing events i don't understand <laughs> i'm like i'm so glad i'm not here anymore <laughs> yep same with supernatural i will since yeah, it's never ending no one will ever know the end no. just, frankly yeah, i mean Super- supernatural <laughs> probably won't ever end now with the virus this year and it being put off again like it's it's never gonna end where all other shows said, well, we have to cancel this because of the of the coronavirus. Supernatural said, well, we were going to cancel this, but now we can't because of coronavirus, because <laughs> everything about that show is ass backwards. <laughs> well, the, the last thing that I want to talk about finales wise is the ultimate reveal of the Gossip Girl finale. Lastly, we have spoilers for Gossip Girl. Skip to 54 minutes, 29 seconds for concluding finale talk. Which is... Oh. <laughs> I still... Okay, I still haven't watched the, the like, last bit. I do know, like, Dan is Gossip Dan Girl, is obviously. Gossip Girl, and which is so my, One of my it's goals so in life is to fi- set aside the time, and I'm going to rewatch all of Gossip Girl and just note down every instance in which it is impossible for Dan to be <laughs> Gossip Girl. Yes. That's all I... I mean, honestly, maybe there already is a Tumblr post out there that has that. I'm sure, I'm sure someone has already done it, but I'm, I'm determined to do, to it, do yourself. it for myself. <laughs> so I've actually never watched Gossip Girl, oh, so we oh can do God. it as a podcast. Oh, we, could, we, could, we could start... Okay, Gossip Girl, I... The, I don't even remember why I started watching Gossip Girl. I think it was literally like one summer I was at home and it was like probably during high school and I didn't have much to do. And I probably like, I think I rented like the first couple of seasons from the library, like DVDs Whoa. from the library. Remember when we did that with Ugly Betty? We rented yeah, the okay. Ugly Betty DVDs. Oh, U- Ugly Betty is a show, by the way, that is very good. Yes. But yeah, also um, Gossip well. Girl. And I remember I, I was watching Gossip Girl and I would watch it like kind of like late into the night after everyone else had gone to bed. And I would just be sitting downstairs. I'd be watching it. And the entire time I was thinking, this is insane. I hate this. <laughs> and then I'm going to keep watching it. Every time I would finish an episode, I'd be like, I hated that. And then I would put in the next episode. <laughs> But yeah, so because it's so fucking stupid. That's well, and that's the whole thing with the. I mean, I, I assume you guys have heard the rumor that like her little brother Eric was gonna be Gossip Girl, and then that uh-huh. got leaked to someone. So then they had to course correct and pick somebody new. God, you know, I really just. This is a larger beef I have with, like, these drama shows where they're like, we have to subvert, you know, audience expectations every time. Like, and so, like, the quote-unquote twist for everything has to be something completely out of the blue that makes no sense. And it's like, that's not a story, you guys. That's just, that's just, that's just you playing pranks on your audience because you're mean. Like, that's why we're talking about all these finales that are very satisfying. The reason that they're satisfying and they're good is because... They don't come out of bring nowhere. you a sense of catharsis, yeah. right? Yeah, they're like, not trying to they, trick you. Yeah. They're not trying to trick you at the end. They're not trying like, God, gotcha at the end. They're just saying like, we know 
that you love these characters because we also love them. And so let us share a moment of loving the show and these characters and the story together and wrap it up in a way that is going to be satisfying. That is going to like do justice to what we've done here rather than like, I gotcha, (laughs) gotcha right at the end. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones, but like, that's why it was bad, right? Yeah. I'm not going to watch it, but that's. That's what from what I understand. That's why it was bad. I think it's kind of a larger conversation of like television creators should not look up feedback as the episodes are being written. And like, it's just like you should just commit to your original vision and and just produce the product you want to make, regardless of if things get leaked or if those leaks have bad reactions on the Internet. Like you're not. There's no way you're going to write a finale of anything, frankly, to satisfy everyone, especially if it's a show like a mystery. Like if it's a mystery series, everyone's going to have their own theory. And if they don't get their personal theory validated, they're going to be upset. You can't you can't do anything about that. Don't I mean, I think that's I think it's one of the worst things about like current yeah. television culture is that like the creators are actively plugged into the fandom like yeah it, the it, fact that you can like tweet at a creator or an act at an actor is the worst thing ever <laughs> it is yeah. it is so terrible that you can like directly communicate with the people who make the content and that they can hear you and see it it's absolutely <laughs> horrifying yeah. like i can't i can't uh, like, as someone who's been in fandom spaces for a long time and has, like, written fan fiction and, like, been very involved in that, I cannot imagine. If someone read my fanfic who, like, <laughs> was a part of that, I'd be like, no, burn it. It's not for you. It's not no. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a, just a... The the fact that creators pay attention to what people say on the internet about their shows before they're done, it's not... It's, it's a bad thing that's happening yeah, <laughs> in modern I, times. I mean, when you're writing a story, write a story, right? Like, write the yeah. story that is going to be satisfying for you, and that will be enough well, for and your again, audience. This is a uniquely television thing, I think, because, like, yeah. people, you, you don't, you, there's no way for someone to leak half a book. Like, yeah. <laughs> you own that book, and it's just gonna be there. Like, yeah, yeah. Do we have anything else we want to say about finales or... TV or anything in general? No. Uh, no. Um, I guess the other thing I sh- we should address this week is the three of us did all rewatch Black Panther yesterday, mm-hmm. Saturday, um, because as everyone has heard, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away on Friday. And I'm, I'm absolutely gutted by it, so I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about it too much. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very sad, and my actual recommendation for this week, besides, like, go watch some Chadwick Boseman films, because he's done a lot of really, really good ones. He, like, his, the majority of his career uh, has been in the last, you know, seven years, and for half of that, he yeah. was struggling with a very debilitating illness and disability, and also, if... Even if you're under 50, you should go and get checked up for, like, GI stuff. GI stuff, like colon cancer and other diseases, have risen, like, dramatically for mm-hmm. people under 40 in the last, like, 30 years. And that's it's an area that hasn't gotten a lot of research, and people still aren't getting, like, colonoscopies super early. Um, and you, sh- if you have an issue, you should go as somewhat like my husband was both hospitalized and had a surgery this year for a <laughs> GI illness. Um, and luckily it was not cancer though. He was screened for that, but, uh, yeah. And he's, he's 28. So, yeah. you know, yeah. 
uh, go get checked out. Especially if you're of uh, like a African descent or African American yeah. descent, it's really high uh, incident rate in those populations. So yeah, yeah. If you if you have like if you think you have like IBS or have had like you know GI issues, uh, go get it checked out. Don't just ignore it. Yeah. And on top of that, also just you know keep in mind that you never know what people are going through because. Chadwick was playing all of these iconic characters that are strong and powerful, and he was strong and powerful, but he also had a lot going on that he wasn't comfortable sharing with the world and shouldn't have had to share Mm -hmm. with the world, but was clearly not given as much grace as he should have been, considering what was going on with him personally. So, you know, you you never know. You only see the surface of people and give them empathy first, as opposed to the other way around, so... Yeah. And also don't use Chadwick Boseman's story as a way to look down on people who have disabilities and can't work or who have cancer and are debilitated to the to the point where they are unable to fulfill their previous responsibilities. Not everyone can do what Chadwick Boseman did. Yeah. Um, I think we need to be, you know cognizant of that and, and recognize that don't romanticize someone hiding a disability and illness um yeah. and working through it because that's like a very ableist uh yeah perspective um he did and he did it with a lot of grace and that's admirable but there's probably yeah. a, a good reason that he did not disclose his medical medical condition before this yeah. so So, and as we said, along with that, there's a lot of good movies and stuff that you can check out. Apparently, he also is a playwright, too, which I didn't know. Um, I listened to, Hmm. he was on um, Josh Horowitz's podcast, Happy, Sad, Confused, back in 2017. And they reposted that episode. And he was talking about, you know, teaching theater and writing plays and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot. Hmm. He contributed a lot to, uh, to a lot of different aspects of entertainment. And we're happy to take part in, you know, appreciating that. So... Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us. Anybody have anything else they want to talk about before we go? I think that's it. I don't think so. All right. Well, this has been Discontent, a podcast about nothing and for no one. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Discontent Podcast and on Twitter at Discontent Cast. Um, leave us a review, I guess. I think I think we checked beforehand or Corey checked beforehand and Sean's <laughs> review is still the only one on iTunes. So. <laughs> You know, leave us a review. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you listening to this message every week? Come on. Um, our theme song is South of France by the Swing Ninjas. Thanks very much for them letting us use it. It would be a great soundtrack for a finale. Okay. Correct. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.